getting those rounds in um so today dr gates and i we wanted to go through uh, a book i'm just really getting into but it's the biology of belief so um, by dr bruce lipton uh so a little bit of history on bruce lipton he was a geneticist and instructor at the university of wisconsin for a number of years and i believe he got his degree from stanford or Sometimes it's Stanford. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but um, long story short, he went through kind of like a he had a very successful, like making you know great money, great job, whatever, whatever. But there still was something deeper than that that like was eating at him that he just like almost had like a midlife crisis in a way. But like he just had to like. He dropped his job. He's like, I got to get out of here. Like, something I him was telling him, you got to get out of here. This isn't a good, this isn't it. So he dropped the job, left, took a job in a, it's a Caribbean school, a medical school, but um, obviously not as good old Caribbean not. medical school. So that's where he moved and uh, that's where he really, his journey began essentially. Can you imagine if Palmer was in the Caribbean? Uh, yeah, man, that would be phenomenal. God, yeah, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, Davenport has some of its charms, but man, I'd be uh, it ain't no Caribbean coconut, baby. Oh, <laughs> I've only really been to the Keys, though, so I've never really even been to like Barbados or uh, right, you, you haven't been to like Dominican or anything like that? Oh, bro, nope, that's just uh, yeah, if it was on the well, I guess you got Palmer, Florida, but that's not the same. No. So, wait, what, what year was that when he was kind of, like, going through all that? Or how old was the book, I guess? Uh, so, I have the 10th anniversary edition. And let me look at the preface. Do you, do you call it preface or preface? I'd say preface, but. It's, okay, preface. Let me look at the preface. So, But I can see preface working because it's, like, no, this might sound dumb to some people, but it's the pre-face of what you're looking at, so, what you're supposed to be reading. I believe it was initially wrote or written in 2005. So, so pretty recent, yeah. Yeah, yep. Gotcha. And I think he published his initial papers on it in the 90s. Um, okay. So did he, was it, when was the genome project and all that? Because this. So was, the human genome project was like a project through the, through the 80s and 90s. Okay. I think, so I think this it been, the 70s actually. So. Okay. Um, he talks about that a lot actually. That's like a big little portion that he goes through that like, um, so like initially when they like were, 
starting the project, they wanted to map like the human genome, right? So uh, they had just like, like thought they found like the tip of the iceberg and they're like expecting there to be like, okay, so this worm has, this tapeworm has like 19,000, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, 19,000 genes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, like, okay, so a uh, diverse human being, like astronomically probably gonna be so much larger than that. And what they ended up finding out is we have the exact same amount of genes as a tapeworm. Isn't that wild? Yep. I, th I think you told me that before, but like, dude, <laughs> yeah, that's insane. So like- A little parasite, man. And it's like, yeah, I mean, complexity wise, um, to some extent, so vastly different, right? But um, what he, and like, what he gets back around to, um, especially at the end of this last chapter, is it is about like uh, expression in a way. So uh, as a lot of us know, going through chiropractic school, life is about expression. So. Sure. Um, oh, this was, I mean, this is just like a, just reading it again, just like, I didn't know this, but. So. He says, while the media made a big hoopla over the discovery of the BRCA1, BRCA2 breast cancer gene, they failed to emphasize that 95% of breast cancers are not due to inherited genes. Yeah, that's something that we, had, we talk about all the time in here because <clears throat> they'll be cutting off breasts just because you have it. Oh, no way. Oh, yeah. The majority of the mastectomies that are going on are going to be because they have it. I mean, if you look online, people are like, oh yeah, I found that I have the BRCA1 gene, BRCA2, and they just chop them off. Dude, what? Yep. Because, I mean, well, not that well this is what I'm getting into, but like, I've, I've uh, it kind of reminds me of this, where like, I've heard stories of like, um, so I've heard a few, like they're anecdotal for sure, but like, I know they're not alone. Um, so it's with transgender uh, individuals, right? And yeah. I love everybody. I don't have, uh, you know, whatever is true to you, you know, do your thing. But um, I know as a teenager, you really are always trying to find your identity. Nobody knows who they are when they're a teenager, right? right. Like you're, that's like, that's literally the uh, identity crisis of being a teenager. That's what it is. Um, mm -hmm. And I've heard anecdotal stories of people going through sex changes and like literally mutilation, sur surgical mutilation and getting on intense hormone modificators because it's, you know, the, the social norm to like not right. tell anybody uh, no or to, uh, you know, in a way it's like, um, I don't know, it, it's acceptable to do that to somebody, right? And like right. as a teenager, like you don't, you talk about it all the time, your brain's not even fully developed, right? So, um, sure. to make that decision, to make a such a permanent decision, um, I've heard so many uh, transgender stories about, like, you know, I made this decision when I was a teenager, and now I'm like, they regret it. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, like, it wasn't like I, I was looking for something, and this was not the answer, but, like, I didn't know. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. like, um, and it's, it's sad because. 
and you talked about the hormone replacement and stuff, and I find it funny because obviously, like, the first part of the, like, Hippocratic Oath is to do no harm, right? Yes, yep. <clears throat> but when you start messing with hormones, you set their, – their body's not capable of handling a certain hormone because it's not just – it's not just the hormones, it's the hormone producers, it's the liver, it's the hormone receptors that take place. And when you literally try to switch up a person's physiology, you can't expect it not to have any type of repercussions. And so it frustrates me when, when I see that too. And like, like you said, like I accept and love anybody, so it's not anything against them. It's more of doctors need to tell them, hey, you know, there's other risks that come about, such yeah. as cancer. Because if you mess with someone's hormones and you, you pump them with hormones that their body can't handle, cancer can come about because of the way that it's being expressed. Yeah. Because their body maybe creates abnormal tissue. So I don't know, man. I get frustrated with that. And you talked about you talked about something too. Oh, just like the bracket genes and just all that, like the it's not that linear, like the expression no. to account. But we've become so fear-based too, because it's like, oh, if you have BRCA, you're you're gonna get breast cancer. Or oh, if you don't get a sex change or hormone replacement, you'll never feel like you can be yourself. Yeah. Um, or who you're supposed to be. Self-fulfilling prophecies, right? Is I mean, um, in a way, like that's just. Uh... That's one of the biggest problems too. Is I mean, they get labeled. All the people get used to getting labeled and put in boxes, and uh, like you right. said, linearly, like just viewing life in general and uh, correlation and causation. Like those are two completely different things. Right. Um, Bruce Lipton does a really cool job describing uh, the difference between the two. Uh, hopefully, I can find it super super quick. So uh, he he compares them like you're looking at like a car. Uh, like genes themselves? Kind of, but uh, I just added. Does he ever okay, does so, he talk about. So he says, yeah. uh, he says this. So he says, it's one thing to link to be linked to a disease, but it's quite another thing to cause a disease, which implies a direct and controlling action. So if I show you my keys and say that a particular key controls my car, you might at first think that makes sense because you know you need a key to, to turn on the ignition but does the key actually control the car if it did you wouldn't leave the key in the car alone because it might just borrow your car for a joyride when you're not paying attention in truth the key is correlated with the control of the car the person who turns the key is actually who controls the car so he goes on to say specific genes are correlated with an organism's behavior and characteristics but these genes are not activated until something triggers them um, yeah, yeah. oh that's it. Yeah, I, I, I really like it. Great analogy. And it literally fits so well because the body is a bunch of lock and keys. Yep. I talk so about that all the time with people in here. That's literally like, all it is. I'm really trying to find the right key for your locks, right? Um, some people have different locks. Some people have similar ones, but nobody's ever the same. Right. Even when you talk about adjustments too, like you could have five different people with low back pain but you want to adjust them in the same way. Yep. Each person needs something different. Their locking key is different for full life expression. But yeah, I like that analogy a lot. Yeah. But um, we, what we 
today's world, we always want to blame the gene. We always want to blame the key. Always. Which. What do you think started that? Do you think it was just. Um, he talks about it. He thinks it was Darwinism. Um, and it is kind of like that initial mindset of being, well, in a way, it wasn't just Darwin, but uh, Darwin, def- at least like in the aspect of looking at, uh, uh, I don't know, like just the whole like war with the environment that uh, yeah. the, the medical community viewing disease as like an entity and, uh, you know, the competitiveness between like life, life and individuals and uh all that right that all kind of started with darwin's theory of survival of the fittest that uh it's like just such a ruthless cutthroat doggy dog world right and that's what life is about is that the the you know the strongest most fit always prevail and that's not true either um so it was by lamarck uh God, what's his first two names? So he he was like all other a lot of other uh, individual thinkers. Um, so Lamarckian theory implies that evolution producing mutations arise from organisms need to adapt to life threatening environment stresses. So they're not random to a large degree, and they're environmentally predictable. But um, it's more of a uh, symbiotic collaboration among living organisms which is definitely what the human body is right I mean, sure. yeah when you look at anything from like the trillions of bacteria bottom, like literally cells so many different cells right right um, so i i really wish i could find his name and it's kind of stupid that i can't even think of it right now but he talks about him a ton and that uh that guy he died like getting ridiculed and like you know it was essentially shunned by the scientific community for his theories that uh life was more collaboration cooperation than competitive um yeah that's even hard like that challenges like even my mental ingrainment you know what i mean like even now when you say that i'm like but it is survival of the fittest you know? yeah well, i mean um it stresses the importance of the community over the individuals which is true too which is why it's like because you can be survival of the fittest, but then what happens when, I mean, you see wolf packs, you see communities, like you said, you see um, schools of fish, all of them thrive on being in the community, not by themselves. Yeah. Um, and to the point, too, where you were talking about the strong always survive. I think it's funny, though, too, because when you look at, like, different species, like a great white shark and a seal. Yep. The great white shark is obviously the more powerful animal, but sometimes the seal gets away. Well, I mean, if you, I mean, it's always kind of like that. Uh, what do people always ask? Would you rather fight uh, a thousand? I don't remember. It's like some, a thousand something ants super silly. Or like, would you rather fight a thousand horse-sized ducks or, <laughs> or you know, one horse-sized duck or a thousand or a hundred uh, duck-sized horses? Know. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Something, something really right. dumb, but in a way, that's kind of what it is. So, right. Um, so what he says in here, uh, the the function of the nervous system is to perceive the environment according to behavior of all other cells in the vast cellular community. Um, yes, adaptation, right? I mean, we talk about it all the time. Got to be able to perceive your environment to adapt to it, 
And uh, mm-hmm. that's what he really gets into is uh, genetic, genetic adaptation. It doesn't just happen uh, individually. It happens in your community. Okay. And not just like, not like you can look at it like big picture. Like, I mean, in a way, anytime you like zoom back out with society to um, whatever, like globally, right? Yeah. Um, even like galaxies, you know, solar systems, galaxies, universe wise, things always uh, have similar patterns. And uh, you can even look at like, uh, what's it called? Um, Fibonacci's number, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Fibonacci's number to, I mean, if you're looking at like uh, the flower of life, if you ever seen that structure. A flower? Uh, no. So like it's with, uh, so like, like think about uh, in mom's womb, right? When we finally get our first, uh, was it uh, mitosis of cells? Yeah. They like split and you have like this uh, double O, well, like a Venn diagram looking thing. Yeah. Right? Where like they split and become two cells and they be split and become yeah. again. Um, so that image and uh, structure of those two like spheres in a way is evident down to like atoms and uh, yeah, like revolution and uh, even like to the more minute. So like zooming out or zooming in, like things have the same pattern. Right. Um, so uh, forgot where I was going with that, but uh, <laughs> it's good stuff. That's good stuff. <laughs> well, and you were talking about how on that that last comment. In the, in the perception of our internal, our internal and our external environment. Um, and I want to touch on how like people have lost. People oh, their community. Sorry, their community. I remember now. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, so community wise, um, talking about cooperation and, uh, like you look at, uh, it's like cell communities of the body, right? Um, they're going to, you know, if you, if you can perceive and, uh, make adaptations, right? Like it's not going to just impact the cells just in that, you know, those one, two cells that make that, uh, the adaptation, but they're going to share that with the rest of them. Um, uh, so he says recently a scientist by the name of Dean Ornish, we know that just changing diet and lifestyle for 90 days, prostate cancer patients switched the activity over 500 genes. So many of their genes, gene changes inhibited biological processes critical in the formation of their tumors. Dang. Right? By, by doing what? By changing their diet and lifestyle for 90 days. Oh, I thought you said by laying down for 90 days. And I was like, Interesting. <laughs> I mean, that would be changing your lifestyle for sure. Yeah, would be I, I think so. I don't know if that's well, maybe exactly not so much for some of them. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's what they did. Um, yeah, that that expression takes place due to the environment you place it in. Yeah, I think about that though too. Is like if you have diet and lifestyle modifications, like that's never that's never the easy way. 
or easy route. You know what I mean? Like, it's never like, oh, yeah, lay around all day and eat whatever you want. It takes that discipline of change, and that produces a new formation of your cells, literally. And that, I, I think we've lost that ability to remember, hey, in, within discipline or within, within the hard road or the hard road, um, there is actually more freedom in it. Totally. Um, I mean, the more aware you are of your environment, the better chances you have to survive in it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And pick up on little cues. Self-awareness is huge. Like, uh, awareness of the self, um, that's, that's what uh, some of the best and uh, the most – so you know profound changes can happen in the awareness of self um i mean even what we do man um a lot of people with uh that interference right like they that's that's inhibiting awareness of self even if that's just yeah. even if that's just physically talking but like deeper than that um we always talk about it too where these nerves they're not just like uh i mean we make the I, at least i do i i kind of uh, it, it's a way for people to understand that like it's similar to telephone wires, but it, it's not a perfect analogy. Um, right. They're closer to like uh, strings on like a, a guitar, right? Where like yeah. that vibration, they're not like just like tubes for sending things. It's a medium. So like, yeah. it's almost like that flow is constantly happening, happening. Um, but you can't, it's not shut off. No, there's no like, uh, like even when uh, you're not send, you're not like moving a muscle, right? Like those same nerve pathways are um, important for being in constant communication because you cut your hand, those are gonna be the same nerves that are, uh, you know, report or like like they're the same interstate, right? In a way, right, right. the messages are still kind of traveling, but the interstate's still always there. Um, what track is that? What track is that? Uh, Shoot, I guess it depends. So, uh, brachial, brachial plexus is like a well, like a hundred million <laughs> interstate. Gracilis and cuneatus, maybe I can't remember what it's called. But don't uh, said was really okay. do as I say, not as I do. Um, yeah, don't don't. Uh, I'm not a good student, uh, academic. <laughs> model we are not the most knowledgeable from pass your classes uh, and learn how to adjust learn how to adjust <laughs> uh find out your why get that awareness of self but yes, uh sir. no well, what you said what you said reminds me too of a patient that i had he came into the student clinic um and he had never been my, my uh my person's walking in bro um oh okay we can pick it up all right Pause. Yep. yep. Pause for part two. Yep. Yep. Back from intermission. Thank you to our uh, our sponsors. Double dose. I don't think we have any. Talk to you. Are interested in sponsoring? Let us know. Let us know. Man, I'm doing some stretches right now. Uh, oh man, it's tough. I'm doing some uh, really focusing on. Uh, some internal external rotation of my my hips, dude. I, I know I was this bad at it. 
so where are we? Those, we leave you roll out all the muscles beforehand, dude. That's why when I'm doing foundation training, man, and there's one where you gotta like rotate and like slide through the hip joint, man. That thing feels good. It increases yeah. space. It feels good. It's just very uh it's uh <laughs> humbling. Dr. Nash is struggling. Yeah. But I also uh so I had a hip injury in college and uh in a way, I feel like I developed patterns around kind of like protecting it in a way. Um, oh, yeah. So that just made my pelvis very, very rigid. And my hip mobility is bad. Yeah. That's one thing that I've, I've never really, my hip actual like joint never has bugged me before. Um, like my SI and my knee and my ankle have, but not the other ones. And all ironically on the same short leg. Ooh. Okay. What were we discussing, dude? I don't remember what we – I think we were talking about something, but – Well, not sure. But we can always get right back into yeah, – We'll get right back into it. Pretty cool. But jeans – because we were talking about jeans, man. Jeans are interesting. And I think a lot of times people um, – but we were talking about why people kind of like blame their genes or like how we got here. Yep. And you were saying Darwinism. But yeah, I think it's in, in the fear-based mentality, like we've lost the sense of trusting our bodies to do what it's supposed to do when we provide it a proper environment. You know, like people have forgot, oh, um, you know, if you're if you're creating a good environment and you're you're putting forth effort in removing thoughts, traumas, toxins, subluxations, all that good stuff, like you are going to be able to thrive. So it's not like it's not like cancer is a, a lottery ticket that people no. just kind of get, you know. It's funny you say that. So on this page, um, so you know, I always I, I always uh, give value on hearing the words coming from like a, like I'm orating his thoughts. So yeah, um, these are not my words. These are Bruce Lipton's words, but uh, so he says, scientists realize that genes are not only shared among individual members of a species, but also among members of different species. Goes on to say genes are physical memories of an organism's learned experiences. And already there's a study that shows when humans digest genetically modified foods, the artificially created genes transfer into transfer into and alter the character of the beneficial bacteria in the intestine. And that kind of comes back around to feet, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, literally as a, as a human being, we're like assimilating all the time. Like, that's just what we are. We're big filters in a way. Um, and I mean filters as in like, well, we're assimilating with like our, our food, water, air, but yeah. also information, um, you know, whether that be visual, olfactory, gustatory, audibles, um, right. physical touch. But I was listening to some uh, Sig talk or some Sig Foos this morning, and he's quoting some bigness. And 
he's talking about the five senses and those are educated the educated mind's five senses Mm. but are there more than five senses that an eight can interpret that it just doesn't make available to educated because maybe the educated would be uh it'd be harmful to the self or to the the community by knowledge by having knowledge of those further those uh senses beyond the five i don't know right um that is that per that uh probes the question of uh you know kind of too, you know too much knowledge right like in a way uh knowledge is power in a way but you know when in the wrong hands or uh without the right uh I mean, people, some of the, like the people with the best intentions, right, still come up with like some horrible things come about of it, come, come out of it. So um, maybe it's just uh, innate way of thinking that if we had that type of knowledge, it would just be too much for us to handle, right? Um, yeah. At least for our feeble minds to uh, be able to, to use safely. I don't know. Um, but the more that... Uh, we can get distracted too, I think. Yeah. Because if they're like you said, like if you are somebody who is trying to have the best intentions with your innate, but then you connect to something like uh, I always bring it back to like a spiritual sense, I guess, because for me, like if you're connected with like God, I guess, in my in my opinion, that is a, a better form of innate. Right. But then when you talk about like a, like demons or like Satan, right that's a very real thing and its intentions are not good, but you can still be persuaded by that. You can still have uh, uh, that part of an impact upon you too. So like if you have different influences that might seem good or apparent um, without actually diving a little bit deeper into them, it can actually persuade your own innate senses further away from what you should be i don't have a direct example off the top of my head but we've all done things out of the goodness of our heart but but then been like oh yeah that was kind of dumb or like maybe not even the goodness but like you thought it was okay at the time yeah 100 percent, man and it's really easy to get fixated on like a goal with like you know obviously your intentions are good but Mm. um it's really hard to have the uh the big picture in mind sometimes when you have that, that drive right. Right. when you're, uh, I mean, just, just throughout history, right? Like that's just kind of like, uh, the age old tale that like his intentions were good, but you know, the, the end result ended up being horrible for everybody. Right. Well, just like, just like now, I mean, some people's intentions might not be good, but you have everybody's intention with the vaccine just to save lives, right? Like that's yeah. their perceived people, intention. People do have the best intentions with those for sure. Um, right. I, right. That's not a question of their intentions with, with vaccine. I don't, I know that we all want the same thing as far as uh, health and we want to protect our loved ones and we don't want to just like, you know, throw people to the curb just because like we want to be able to help everybody. And I get oh, sure. um, right. In a way, though, media really tries to. Oh, that's that's one of the big problems, right? Is uh, 
you know, it is kind of that Darwinism type mentality that it is, there is somebody that we're fighting against when really that's, we're literally all on the same team. And that goes for you and me, you know, us and somebody in a different meta, you know, health profession, um, somebody in this state versus the other state, somebody in this country, other country, um, somebody in this continent, other continent, humans and other animals, uh, humans and bacteria, you know, humans mm. and literally anything that's alive, right? We're life yeah. is the same team. We're team life. And team when you're team life, you're uh, you're heading the other direction. You can only have one or the other. Exactly. It's all life. Um, he talks about too just like how we try to use that educated brain and it ends up fighting us back. And he used the, the example of like uh, a certain kind of koi, I think. Or carp, Asian carp, to try and kill mosquitoes, but then the Asian carp just multiply and just overrun everything and ruin the ecosystem of the water. Yeah, they're really bad here. Yeah, so he was talking about that and how we educatedly were like, oh yeah, this fish will take care of this. Yep. A plus B equals C. Yep. And we don't even register the expression or the the evaluation and impact it has on the community. Yeah. Um. And I mean, that Asian carpet, Asian carpet is what's ruining Iowa. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the next, uh, we need, we need help. Right. Uh, I don't know. I know that, uh, they have like, you can like essentially go out and like bow fish those things and just literally really? kill the boss just cause they're so that's bad. Wild. And I, I yeah. don't mean to like, you know, just kill something and throw it away. But, uh, to some extent they are like, the like locusts that like right decimate the, the entire ecosystem. Can you eat them? Oh, uh, you can, but they're super bony. So like, it's mm. just like it's a lot of work. I heard. Um, I think a good method though I've heard is smoking them. Yeah, but I'm not really sure. I've never really to be brutally honest. I never had, that, so yeah, and I'm not like a big gamesman. So right. looking for a guy that's uh, out there hunting, which I would. I mean in a way i wish i was it's not like uh like I, I like meat right um something's hard in a way man. though it's it is hard so for me to, like, to take that step to even like i can fish but uh, and that's about as far as i can go yeah as far as uh killing something yeah and i know that like it there's an honoring part to it and like uh, it's just right. my conditioning i feel like i've been conditioned to not like that and I know that there's like a whole nother, uh, I mean, like even in Native American culture, all different types of culture of, of honoring the game that you kill. And like, it's so much more uh, rewarding to do something of the land than for me to go to the store and buy a pack of chicken. Mm. You value the life more too. Yeah, yeah. And it is a better life in a way for that, that game that I killed. I get that 100%. I just... Really, it, is, hard it is a hard step. It is yeah, a hard step. I'm, I'm, I'm very empathetic in that, that aspect. That like, man, it's just really hard for me to do that. I remember back when, so my dad and me, we would go fishing, and I was super, super young, and we caught like a couple catfish, right? And I was like, started to like, we were, we were in a canoe, and we started to pull up, and I was like, I was crying because I was like, I don't want to kill it, but at the same time, like, I did like want to eat it so I'm like, yeah. 
<laughs> so I was having this like internal personal dilemma and he was cool about it he was like all right if you don't want it like we can let it go and I was like no it's fine um and it ended up being like really good but I definitely I still have that dilemma even when like I kill a deer or whatnot so that honoring portion of it really has to I can't stand people that don't honor or just like, I, I have a hard time killing a bug. I really do. Like, even right. Dude, Chantel's like, kill this spider. And I'm like, can I just pick it up and throw it outside? Like, I don't want to kill it for just like a senseless purpose. You know, like it has, there has to be a purpose behind it, even with the bug, man. <laughs> totally. And uh, like that, that type of mentality, like uh, viewing you know, life is just like, oh, you know, they're just bugs, you know, insecticides. Mm -hmm. ah, they're just bugs, you know. Like, I get right. the drops, but uh, ah, just kill them all, right? Um, just, just spray this shit on it uh, when it rains. <laughs> you know, it, it, it'll kill the bugs on the ground, too. So, that's easy. it's even better. And then uh, out of sight, yeah. out of mind. And, you know, like, that's just and the, the ecosystem is whack from there, man. Yeah. Um, listen to this, dude. So. From U.S. News, Environment Trumps Genes at Shaping the Immune System. It's a study from 2015. Environment, not genes, dictates human immune variation, study finds. The Stanford study found three-quarters of the variations in the immune system of identical twins, who shared the same genome, were due to non-inheritable environmental influences, including exposure to microbes, toxins, diet, and vaccinations. What was that from? Uh, it's a 2015 study. Uh, so it's uh, so it's from U.S. News. Environment trumps genes at shaping immune system study. Um, Yo, I'll have to find that. That sounds really good. Yeah. Play dogs, give me a call. Hold on. Yep. Hello. Yeah, guys, so we got some belief. Belief in the biology is, is very crucial. Um, it's very skewed, though, a lot of times. We think that what we do and what we push forward is proper, I don't want to say proper alignment, but maybe proper advantageous to us as a species, as a human race. And the more we go through life, like you said, the community, um, the more that we go through life, the more we recognize that the more we only try to achieve with self or achieve for the human race, then the more we knock out and, and harm other things like the insects or animals or, or even just the earth in general. But that study is really cool, man, because you were talking about um, just the factors that come into play and we, I think about all the health troubles we have today in today's country, right? And we talked about this before, the paradigm of our healthcare is not anywhere close to what it could be. Yeah. Given the right amount of, I think given the right amount of funds in the proper place. It's not like we don't have the funds or like we don't have the utilization, but you have people that aren't, you know, especially in disparaged areas, they're not taught what health really is, where it comes from, how to take care of it, but they're always given, um, you know, free vaccines, food that's garbage, housing that is garbage. 
I mean, they just make them so available for some people, right? Like, come to the uh, grocery store and get your vaccine. Like, well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, if we really wanted to make a change with it, it has to start within what we're not just giving scraps. But we give scraps. You know what I mean? Yeah, value system, right? Like the value system is completely skewed. Where mm-hmm. uh, health is valued around. Uh, you know, if you're not sick, then you're healthy. That's not true. Exactly. Yeah. That's not true at all. Um, right. Uh, if, if, you know, as long as you're not sad, then you're happy. That's not true either. Like, um, you can be. Health is not the, the absence of disease. Nearly right. the absence of disease. I don't know. Yeah. Like, they're just constantly trying to, like, fight the darkness. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. It. Which is not an entity. No. It's not a thing. It's a lack of light. That, you got to go towards that minus. Yeah. What's making the light not, not shine? Yep. I don't know, man. Your genes ain't messed up. Your genes have been the same for millions of years. What is the difference? Our environment. And if anything, our lack of community with the nature around us. And the big takeaway with that is too, man, uh, your genes can change. Like, um, that's the beauty of it. Like it, you don't have to feel like you're stuck just because you already have some yes. problems going on or, uh, you feel that like expression. you're gone. Right. Um, you can change for sure. Uh, yeah. It just really takes that in, in a way you got to be able to believe in yourself. Right. It starts, it starts inside. That's when you can, Dude, I have, the, I have this weird, like, um, it's not an obsession. It's more like a, a thought, I guess you could say. Is like part of me wants to – I don't want to do this because of obviously the repercussions, but part of me wants to become like as sickly as I can. And then and then like – Like supersize me? Yeah, like supersize – well, kind of, yeah, like supersize me, but then like – Conceptual. Yeah, okay. I literally, I have literally pushed my body to the brink where I'm like tanked in testosterone, pushing diabetes, pushing heart disease or whatnot, and then just completely do a 180 and show people it's possible, I guess. Dude, I mean, man, you'd be a champion of the people if you did that. Dude, but I don't, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I could ever do that, man. That's hard. That's to knowingly like disintegrate what I know like I would just have such a hard that that would honestly be the harder part than the reversal is to knowingly make myself sick dude it would be and I, it would like for you and I don't know anybody like you to do that it would be just like such a oh man it'd be so hurtful to the soul yeah yeah some, some on this weird like thing where I'm like you said what I mean, little parts of it would be enjoyable. Like, yeah, ice cream for breakfast. Oh, well, there yeah, definitely. Like, if I'm eating Whoppers for dinner every night, I'd be yeah, yeah. It, But to that extent. But then, like, a weekend, I'd be like, dude, I feel like ass. Like, dude, Chantel, when she – so Chantel is a very big sweet tooth. Uh-huh. We're working on it. And I do like sweet treats, but it, I just can't handle them because, like, I've worked on my body so much. So, like, they just wreck me. Yeah. I just feel like I got hit by a bus the next day and stuff. 
But like sometimes if I'm having a bad day, even she'll like give me a sweet treat. I'm like, hey, like, I can't have that. Cause like, I, and I know like, I just don't feel good afterwards. Like it's not an emotional, it doesn't, the means is not a way the, what is it? Whatever, it doesn't help me. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I get I, better I, when I eat some like some veggies and like a lean meat. That dude, makes me sure. feel way better. Totally. Um, I've, you know, you know, I kind of went through a self-discovery process in school, like just everybody else does. And in that process, one of the things that I was trying to curb was kind of like, uh, you know, eating habits that weren't honoring myself. So yeah. whenever I'd get like these cravings for something sweet, I'd always just like, um, I'd eat fruit until like I'm, that was basically gone. And I know that that isn't necessarily like, uh, nutritionally always like a awesome alternative just because like fruits have a lot of fructose which is like a sugar base but there is still more honoring parts of fruit than there is in just like getting a pack of m&ms right um, or like gummy worms yeah gummy worms right so um not for me like, start, that, that's, nature's, like... uh, that's nature's uh like obviously you can't just eat fruit all the time right i think that's what steve jobs tried doing he really tried just like oh, living yeah. off fruit, and that was like part of the reason why he like he he went down yeah, the path. PC. Yeah. Um. But I I started doing that with like honey, like mm-hmm. just a a raw like really really good honey, just like a For tablespoon sure. or something. Oh yeah, honey's great. I mean, I made my own peanut butter this week. That shit was pretty good. How did you make your own peanut butter? Dude? It is super easy. Literally so much easier than I could have ever imagined. Take what? Yeah, two cups. Two cups of dry roasted peanuts. Um, if you can, try to get unsalted, but it's pretty hard to find, I found out. Um, mm. So mine were salted, but it honestly turned out fine. And literally in a food processor blender, takes probably like five, ten minutes, just straight blending. Blend it for a little bit push down the sides, just repeat, repeat, and, like, eventually it becomes smooth and creamy. And then... Did you have to, like, add any oil into it or anything? I added a little bit of coconut oil. Literally, like, a tablespoon. Yeah, that sounds really good, though. And then I added some, like, cinnamon and, like, a touch of uh, honey. Ooh. And you can either use, like, uh, some really, like, organic maple syrup, but, um, dude, yeah, it was super easy. Like literally, oh, wow. I did. And you can add like oh. cocoa. You can add like different, like kind of complementing oh. spices. That could be a game changer, bro. It was a game changer. Um, I'm probably doing that from now on. To be quite honest. Yeah, I've been because I've been getting one from Costco. It's a organic Valencia peanut peanut butter. Yeah, and it's literally just like it's just peanuts. I don't even I don't know if there's salt in it or not, but it's straight mm-hmm. up just organic is super good yeah it's probably the best peanut butter like it's not sweet at all which took some time to get used to but once it's really good because it tastes like but if i could do that and add some cocoa or like you can flavor it which would be sweet yeah i mean pumpkin spice i mean dude you can do whatever pumpkin spice latte peanut butter exactly <laughs> um so yeah that that that's been a uh, really good and i know there's some really easy like jelly and jam recipes that literally all you got to do is like add like frozen fruit 
and like I yeah. think maybe like a little bit of like uh, chia seeds, right. and like in a microwave, and like basically that pretty much turns into like a jelly. Nice. Um, That's way better than adding all the sugary crap yeah. and synthetics that they put in there. Yeah, I mean, I think same thing. You can, might be able to add like a little bit of honey or like a little bit of like. That's the thing. I up. There's so much better alternatives for like uh, sweetener than refined sugar. Like, mm-hmm. um, so you can get, yeah, you can get those cravings for sure. Uh, just kind of need you to beat the cra- You got to beat the cravings, and then you also have to recognize that like you can't you can't replace one product with another product that's processed and and healthier. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Sure. Um, Cause yeah, I don't know. I I hope we're the best for for our country's health, but until we recognize that our environment has more to play in it, yeah. which is slowly but surely, I think. But you said this guy he was he was canceled, or what did you say he was? Ostracized by the community. Oh, Lamarck. Yeah. He was, uh, I'm trying to find it. I, I wish I would have highlighted more of his, uh, cause I want to be able to just pull up his like full name. Cause anybody that looks him up, you'll be able to find him. Um, you need to start trusting and believing in our bodies that it'll, it, it's, it's genetically designed for health. Yeah. No, it's not genetically designed for disease. I just put this up yesterday. Dr. Ray. Nichols, if you ain't on with him on Instagram, everybody's listening needs to start because he said bring um, health is available to all. We're all designed to be healthy. It's our default. So like our very essence is our is health, not not the other way around that we're believed to be. Jean Baptiste Lamarck. Jean Baptiste Lamarck. He's a French biologist. So he did, he actually came out with his. Uh, presented his theory 50 years before Darwin. Uh, so it's much less harsh on the mechanics of evolution. Um, and now, obviously, the more we learn about actual epigenetics, genetics, all those uh, heavily researched things in the scientific community nowadays, his theories are becoming much more accepted. But just like everybody, man, 200 years, 300 years later, like, yeah. Isaac no, But like, in the time, man, he was... You know, he was shunned, you know, I mean, it's like, uh, there's so many other examples in the scientific community of them, just like being so ruthless with anybody that thinks differently or has like a, a thought outside the norm, which uh, isn't that like the basis of science is to challenge the, uh, the accepted or the, uh, the collective normal thought process. Yeah, uh, that's literally how the best things have been developed. So, I mean... Even like with chiropractic, right, bro? We're we're still only 125 years into it, um, which in the grand scheme of it, dude, there's so much to be to be learned, and we talk about it all the time, bro. Uh, research into just neck back pain, it's, it's uh, we're tired of it, it's been in our wheels, right? So, I'm tired uh, of it. The principles are there, and uh, you know, it's up to us and uh, any of these students listening or anybody else out there. You don't have to be a chiropractor, man. Just uh. As long as you can think for yourself, and uh, I mean, 
hold you, hold your truths high, right? Like don't let anybody tell you what you're, what you're, uh, what you value or what you're, what you're, don't let, don't let anybody tell you that critical thinking is not good. Cause that's a, also a becoming a trend right now is like critical yeah. thinking is like not being encouraged, which is scary. Um, did you see that news article where it was like, stop critical thinking? Yeah. Dude, literally. <laughs> like, why your critical thinking skills are uh, harmful to society. It's like, dude, journalists, man. Somebody give these journalists some, some auditing system so I can rank this dude a negative and like. They need some milk. Well, they need some milk, but like, dude, like, there's a lot of people who are, you know, I don't mean this as like a derogatory thing. There's a lot of people out there who are asleep who uh, yeah. think that the news and these journalists have their best interest in heart. And like these journalists are like all these, like these aren't like people who did school research on health or mental health. These are people who no offense to you journalists out there either, but like, that's not your, that's not your field, man. That's not your lane. Mm-hmm. Like, and people that's, that's the main method of uh, information for so many people in society is the news and journalists. So like the fact that we can't, uh, they don't like it when uh, people, uh, you know, critically or criticize news articles or journalists. They they're, uh, they they're, run a dish it, but they can't take. Oh it. yeah, they're very close knit and like uh, they protect their own, which is a uh, you know I, I I can respect that to some extent, but like uh, it, it's it's a you tough button if you ever uh, challenge the media, right? So right, yeah. um, the yeah, shit like cool. that just really pisses me off, man. Like an article like that, like, how are you going to tell somebody that critical thinking is ruining society? Like, dude, you're ruining society by telling people critical thinking is scary and, and uh, they shouldn't do it. Just accept everything that uh, right. that big brother, that that the government tells you and uh, just, just keep on sleeping, right? Like, dude, enough of that. It's not cohesive with who we are. Nope. If we, yeah. If there is one thing that's right about survival of the fittest or survival of the community, I guess you could say, the the more we listen to one group of people as the end all be all, the less we will survive. Let me end uh, at least my little portion with this. So it's not survival of the fittest individual, survival of the fittest group, right? So for good fighters, people who fight yeah, that good yeah, fight, yeah. that's our group right there. Um, fittest group. That's the group, we fight together. And, and, you know, the, the most uh, adaptable to their environment, the most aware of their environment always succeeds, right? So always be aware, always critically think, um, critically think with what we're saying, man. I'm not saying you have to agree with what we got to say. That's okay. Um, use your critical thinking skills. Those, those, are, those are literal gifts. Um, yeah. And, and you and I, we live in an area where we can, we can speak like this, uh, but not everybody has that uh, that same opportunity, that same uh, that gift. Um, I yeah. think a lot of people forget that too. That uh, yeah. And sure. and honestly, there's some people out there that are really trying to take that gift away. Um, that gift of being able to. I'm not saying like there's anything wrong with uh, some of these things people are doing, but there is. Um, but don't let people uh, take that take that freedom of speech away. Mm. When so many people in the world, like, they're being silenced. And in a way, we were already seeing that people are being silenced, so. Yeah. Fight that good fight. Be the wolf pack, baby. Get those rounds in. Let us hear about them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Cool. All right, y'all. We're going to close it out. I hope you guys had some extreme value today. 
obviously with the connection, intention, and purpose. Dr. Nash, thank you so much for giving us some insight into biology of belief. Peace, peace. peace. Spread that peace. peace. All right. Until next time, episode nine. Choose your destiny.